Hello, and welcome to Forty Guard Live. I'm Derek Mankey, and joining me once again is my good friend, Steve McCauley, Kamar Lakani. How are you doing, Mark? I'm always wonderful. Always glad to be back. Uh, it's always good to hear that you're wonderful too. That that makes my day, especially with the, the stuff we got to do on a daily basis. Um, I, I think this is like boilerplate language. You can almost put. We can make a stamp saying that there's never a boring day in the office, and there's been a ton of stuff that's happened since we last saw it, because it's true. I mean, these are coming fast and furious right now, right? The threat events. It, it never stops. And basically, it's a nonstop battle, like, for the defenders. And it's yeah. a, it's basically nonstop targets. And there's no shortage of targets uh, for the attackers as well. You know, every time we think, hey, we got a handle on some industry or some vertical, they think of something new. And are like, wow, there was a major vulnerability that affects people, like, in this sector as well that we have to start protecting or at least start thinking about on how to defend against. Yeah, and let's talk. It's interesting looking at trends, and we're definitely seeing movements in terms of mainstream. Like, what is mainstream, right? If we look 10 years ago, of course, we saw a big shift going from, uh, you know, PC to uh, to mobile. So Android originally in the crosshairs, that was a, a big shift in terms of mainstream attacks. IoT was the same thing. Now we're actually seeing Linux also take central stage, largely in part because of IoT. We see Mirai, of course, uh, really shape us as one of the biggest IoT botnets out there. But we're also seeing it in various flavors, flavor, flavors of attack, right? We've seen um, a couple threat signals that we did on uh, RansomX as an example. This was ransomware that was corrupted, albeit targeting uh, Linux systems. And then we saw Fonton Lake as well, a new Linux rootkit, uh, rootkit that's being used out there. Yeah, you know, it used to be that you only saw like very limited amounts of Linux ransomware or Linux malware in general. It used to be a lot more sophisticated. It used to come from a, a select group of attacks attackers. I think like, first of all, as you said, a lot of IoT devices are using Linux as an operating system. Uh, Linux as an operating system in data centers, just because of uh, containers and Linux containers and Docker solutions is becoming much more popular as well. It's really now become mainstream for attackers. It's not that that no novelty attack anymore. It's not the sophisticated attackers anymore. It's the mainstream attackers are targeting Linux just as much as they've been targeting other operating systems such as Windows. Yeah, exactly. And the other interesting thing about this, if we look at Windows, usually there's a lot of application layer things, right? So we see things like rats, like remote access trojans that go after audio feeds and you know video capture um, and screenshots, things like that, right? And um, what we're seeing with Linux, of course, is because you're usually seeing these in the data centers and web, you know, web server deployments, things like that. We're seeing, as an example, the Fonton Lake is a rootkit that was explicitly designed to go after secure shell, like SSH, uh, uh, SSH credentials, as well as um, uh, bash, you know, so scripting, CLL type uh, uh, commands, right? Yeah, it's a data-rich environment. I mean, it's a server, just like an Active Directory server is a data-rich environment on the Windows side. Linux servers have a lot of uh, functions that they do. So you're right, there are there are going after things like SSH credentials, certificates, uh, applications, usernames, and passwords. Uh, so like we're seeing we're seeing malware that's targeting to get like user credentials. We're just not just seeing ransomware. Like, we're not, they're not trying to attack like files on an end system like a user. They're trying to actually get uh, more more of the keys to the kingdom, as they say. Yeah, now we're also seeing uh, the Windows subsystem for Linux as well, WSL, and this is uh, we're also seeing attacks on this too. So it's not just the Linux platform itself, but it's other integrations and adoptions of Linux too, right? So it's just a wider attack surface that way. 
Yeah, yeah. Just so, just to kind of uh, you know emphasize what you're saying is so. So Windows has added more Linux and more Linux type capabilities. So those same attacks are just becoming more common cross platform and more common, and that that's making it easier for attackers. And in some ways, like uh, it's it, it may be easier for attackers to go after Linux systems because a lot of defenders are not used to the idea of keeping up with Linux uh, from a defensive and from a analysis, even a malware analysis standpoint, than they are from Windows. We've 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 gotten battle hardened for Windows, right? And now it's time to like kind of get that education going on for Linux systems as well as other types of operating systems as well. Yeah, speaking of Windows, we also just released the uh, threat signal on Mystery Snail Rat. Uh, so speaking of the rats, right, they're remote access Trojans. But what's interesting about this is that it actually was leveraging a zero-day vulnerability, a fresh vulnerability that, uh, you know, we verify it actually impacts Windows 11 as well. So it's not, you know, even these new operating systems, which have been in beta for some time, we're already starting to see vulnerabilities on those as well. Yeah, you, you know, what threat actors do is they come up with a good attack, like a remote Trojan, a rootkit, other types of malware, and they use that. But once it's over, like basically once they've gone through their attack cycle, uh, they always know they have the opportunity to recycle that. In this case, this was like a little older malware. I wouldn't say it's old malware by any any means, but it was a little older, older malware. And as soon as a Windows vulnerability, a zero day came out, they started leveraging that. They're like, okay, this is another way for me to get this malware onto the endpoint system and take Take advantage of that so from a standpoint of a defensive solution like antivirus was taking care in detecting that solution but the exploit started working because of a new zero day that was available on windows so uh, you always have to be careful. And, and this is why you see attacks sometimes come back when you look at thread reports, you look at other things, you're like, hey, wasn't this popular about a year ago? Why is it back now? And these are some of the things that, that why it's back. Patching is very, very important as we always say, patch, patch, patch. Yeah, and speaking of things being back again, every every day almost it seems is uh, ransomware. We have to address it. Uh, since we last spoke, uh, one of the latest ransomware campaigns we saw was a Tortillas ransomware uh, group that was, uh, what the interesting thing about this was the ransom demand payments were actually in Monero. So they're not demanding this, you know, like these targeted attacks we see for seven, you know, seven figure ransom payments. We're also still seeing some of the, some of the shift to these sort of, uh, you know, broad campaigns that are demanding more, you know, a smaller amount of currency, cryptocurrency, but actually using Monero, which doesn't have a uh, centralized blockchain, right? Yeah, this caught my attention, not only because I'm a big fan of Tex-Mex, but, but it also caught mm -hmm. my attention because we're starting to see um, threat actors get more sophisticated. Uh, Bitcoins have a public blockchain. So there's... I'm not saying it's easy to track Bitcoin payments, but there's some investigation you can do around that. Uh, with Monero and with non-public blockchains, it makes it much more difficult uh, to do that. So you don't always know where the money's coming from, where it's going to. Now, the issue is that a lot of people that are getting attacked, the, the victims, they have a much harder time getting Monero. You can't get it from major exchanges. So you actually have to do some work getting Monero or other, these other types of cryptocurrencies. So what attackers will normally do is they'll still ask for payments in Bitcoins, but then yeah. they'll use what we call a Bitcoin tumbler or a Bitcoin mixer, which is essentially like a cryptocurrency money laundering system. They'll, they'll use those to basically change their Bitcoins into something else, such as Monero or another cryptocurrency that does not have a, a public blockchain or is not as easily invested, investigatable as, uh, as Bitcoin. So we're seeing more and more of that happen. Yeah, we're always seeing the adversaries try to evade detection. Everything from you know security controls up to threat intelligence, including now 
uh, money laundering and how they're washing their money and where they move that and what platforms they use. And there's no shortage of those platforms as well. Very interesting to keep an eye on. Um, the last thing I wanted to address is we've seen some, some mention in the news about this killware. And I just wanted to level set on what this was, right? It's really, it's really what we're seeing is um, not this, you know, uh, not, not code that's just explicitly coded to go after, uh, you know, human lives and, and you know, it, let's say targeted human beings sitting on uh, healthcare, uh, you know, medical systems as an example, or things like this. But really what we're seeing is this modus operandi and business model shifting. This has been a trend that's been happening for a while, actually, that we've been seeing, but it's really the notion of, you know, these attacks that are shifting to critical infrastructure, to things that are directly connected to our everyday lives. So there is an impact down to the consumer. We saw that with Colonial and Darkside, obviously down to the gas pumps when that ransomware hits, right? Hit. But it's really the strategy that's shifting for, for cyber criminals and their ransom models that is being more connected to us as it were, right? Right, the more we see ransomware or malware in general affect OT, operational technology, uh, in, in the kinetic world, we know it has an effect, right? As, as, you, as you have malware that disrupts hospitals, pipelines, uh, you know, water treatment plants, uh, you, even if it's attacking the IT systems, if it's affecting the operation of those plants, it has an effect on people's lives. And I think that's what we're seeing more and more of. And that's what we're concerned about is that malware, and we've been talking about this for a few years, so it's nothing new, but malware has kind of shifted away from IT only, you know, something that's affecting your little, uh, you know, little computer screen into something that's in the real world. And we're going to have to be more and more vigilant about that. And I think that's why you, you're going to see like, you know, every every vendor, you know, whether it's an automaker, aircraft maker, uh, a smart lock maker, you know, be more and more at least aware of like the potential cyber threats that are against a particular product that people use in the real world because it can affect them in the real world. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're going to see more of this. And again, I don't think it's any reason to sound the alarm that it's, um, you know, that, you know, cyber criminals are going killing people every day out there. It's absolutely not the case. But it's the case of, you know, um, they are upping their game in terms of the targets and they know that, the, you know, basically the risk is getting higher and that risk is going to have, uh, you know, direct impact to a, a wider, a wider community of victims, essentially. So we're definitely keeping it's something to be concerned about, keeping an eye on. Um, there's a lot of stuff to talk about as all, uh, as always, uh, Amar, uh, you can check out all of our great threat research that we do at blog.fortinet.com under our threat research category. I know Amar, you're, you're working on this 24, seven, 365, as well as our world-class team here at 40 Labs. Um, thanks for joining me, Amar. 